am I going to be covered in goopy birth juice today? Doesn't matter. (laughs) It'll burn off and warp. Captain's Pod, Stardate 7103, 23.1 probably. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington and with me as always, every day is beheading day for her. It's Ambassador today. What do you rip heads off of? Just, you know, like in your life. People? Oh, okay. That's a oh, lot. Oh, my life? Yeah, oh, that was a oh, real question. Oh, oh. But you know what? That Sorry. just reveals a lot about you. Yep. Learning a lot about you today, <laughs> Captain. Yep. Interesting Hall. things are happening. Just slowly backing towards the back wall, just to get out the little door into the little tube over to the shuttle bay. Get the fuck off your ship. Run. Um, you know, I have an answer for this. Funko Pops. So I have a lovely Vaxeldan, um Funko Pop from Vox Machina from... from Critical Role, Dungeons and Dragons. Now, some of these Funko Pops, can you hear that? They rattle because some of them have things inside their heads and you can split them open and it will be like a little brain and it will be something else. I'm not kidding. You're looking at me like I'm insane. This is a thing. So always shake your Funko Pops and if they rattle, it's not because they're broken. There's something in their head. But I cannot bring myself to slice open Vax's head. I can't do it. Well, that's why you should give it to me, and I'll just do it for you. Because as you you said in the introduction, I am a beheader. Yeah. But I want to know what's in this head. Give it to me. Hand it to me now. Through the screen. Do it. Through the screen. That's how that works. (laughs) Done. Nice. How is it? (laughs) Brains. How are you, Ambassador? Good. Thank you. How are you? Amazing. I'm good. You excited for episode four of Star Trek Picard? Yes, I am. Um, I'm very curious how this story is progressing. I feel like last episode was uh, a nice bit of um, getting to know the crew mm, mm-hmm. in interesting ways. Um, Baby Laforge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But not a lot of like, uh, this is going to sound crazy. Like, I want some more action. <laughs> are you Are you kidding me? The portals? Wolf? But it only happened a few times. <laughs> But the, the suspense. The, whole thing. the entire the thing sus- is just a space just, battle. A torpedo was blown up by a phaser beam. How much more action do you want? <laughs> no, I get it. But so this is one of the. This is one of like I was thinking this over the last week. It's one of the issues with this the the nebula space battle thing. We are about geographically and in time ten meters and a couple of hours from where we were in episode one. So over the course of three episodes. We haven't progressed geographically or linearly in time much. So even though I love what's happening, it kind of is like well, seven episodes left and are we going to be in the same hour? Yeah, it feels like, and maybe maybe instead of action, momentum is the right word. But Yeah, momentum's a good word, yeah. At, at this point is when the foundation of the show should kind of be established. The characters yep. should sort of feel familiar enough for us to confidently be going on whatever journey the writers want us to go on and now i want it to begin to like feel like we're going somewhere and i would like Mm. to remember what my stakes are a little bit i'd also yeah uh uh-huh you know i'm hoping this doesn't turn into a family drama this episode that was one of my concerns from episode one um i'm hoping not i don't think it will i don't Mm -hmm. think it will but I, i i can see that 
being a direction that it accidentally ends up going. But because we we're trying to tie up some stuff, right? Like there's the big mystery of who the real big bad is here, which now we know yeah. that there are squishy people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Changelings. <sighs> That's them. Thank yeah. you. And so we've got those guys, which is Dominion and bad stuff, you mm-hmm. know? Yep, correct. But we still have the Captain Cigar. She's still out there with oh, her... Um, Vidic, Va- yep. Vadic, Vadic, Vadic. Yeah. she's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have like even Rafi and Worf in episode two. I think I started off my notes saying, "I guess we're still on this planet with Rafi," <laughs> and then last episode yeah. was like, "Oh, we're still on this planet with Rafi," because I thought that maybe Worf and her were going to leave to go do some sort of investigation work someplace else, but then they had to stay on that planet to continue to look at the seedy yes. underbelly. So I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to be leaving that set and exploring other places, potentially. Well, we know that they're on their way to the Daystrom Institute now, so we know so that they're going to be <gasps> moving. Is this the Geordie LaForge episode? No, because he's at the Fleet Museum. God damn it. He's. I don't, I don't think we're getting him until later on, maybe like six or seven. What are we even doing? Guys, right? You you had the forge and you didn't put him in there. You blew it. Do you know how um, much this person on uh-huh. screen would mean to everyone? Like, get me, Jordy. Sorry, we have war for you, <laughs> greedy woman. <laughs> if we had Jordy and they were holding on to Worf, you'd be like, give me Worf. I would. Yeah, yep. I would. No, it's Amazing. fun. I want to see everybody back together, and I want to do it before the last episode. <laughs> oh, know? totally. And I think that's I think that's going to happen. You um, do? I think we will be. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, of course. Of course, we're going to have. I'm certain we're going to have like them all around a conference table, and Picard doing like a big speech and coming up with a plan, and they're going to try and emulate. I think as much of like the TNG shit that we like. And if this doesn't end with another poker. This is one of my predictions, and I'm going to stick it in now instead of at the end of the show. Okay. There's going to be another poker game between all of them, and that, that'll be like all good things. They're still going to end on a, on a poker match. Okay, I'm going to go with the prediction too. Everyone on the board is dead uh, after falling into on this the gravity well, right? Everyone's dead. On the, on the, on the board? Oh, across the board? Uh, everyone across, yeah, anyone that's on that ship, across the board, oh, all the of the people, uh-huh. they Got are it. dead, okay? Nope. So everything moving forward... <laughs> Yep. Is just their fever dream as their brains die. <laughs> I mean, always possible. It's it was always a dream, is always possible. So it's like it's like it's like inside Picard's mind as he's dying and no, he's just he's going no. through like what he wishes would have happened. That was season two. We've been inside <laughs> his brain. We don't want to do it again. But no, there's a cool you. dungeon in his brain. Yeah. No. Interestingly, on like the, the Titan being sucked into the um into the, the the well, the whatever it is, I had no idea that my belief that the Shrike is gonna rescue them would be so controversial. There has been discussions and and comments and even text messages thrown at me because apparently that'll be disappointing or it just doesn't make sense. And I'm like, how does this not make sense? It doesn't make the sense. Shrike, the Shrike comes in and rescues them. Why would the Shrike put them in that position to then rescue them? Because the Shrike knows more about, Vadik knows more about the Nebula than she's letting on. She needs Crusher alive. Why would she let him die? Because she's delivered him to where she was supposed to deliver him through that move, is my prediction. How did she know they were going to go into the Nebula? Because you she can't set up know the whole that. trap. She did not. She totally she didn't did. know the Titan was coming in. The Titan could have fucked off. It, it is presuming off. so much mm-hmm. that that yeah. Shaw is going to throw caution to the wind and come in and save the day. But maybe she would have done it to the original ship. 
Possible. No, because possible. But then why send the boarding party in? If you need them in the nebula, why send the boarding party onto the ship to get Jack? Why try to beam him out? Okay, so go with me here. Yeah. They would have taken Jack, put yeah. him in a little spacey suit, and then just launched him and down then the tube. Him into the, like, well, <laughs> fine. I don't know. I don't know. We can just make up whatever spot we him want. Into the planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can make up whatever <laughs> we want right now. But I am excited to see it. To answer your question, yes, I'm excited for it. I, I think that's the one of the big mysteries that we're holding on to at the minute is why does Vadig want Crusher? And that's I think the bit of momentum we're missing that I'm pretty sure is gonna come in this episode. Who like they've Crusher? managed to do a lot. I did have a theory but, about him having like Borg stuff in his 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 uh and he was being tracked by like nanobites or something i think that's probably wrong at this point but maybe we'll see i um, don't know let's watch it it's possible. let's watch it let's, let's okay let's watch it Enough predictions let's go um we will see you all in 10 forward after we've watched season three episode four of picard no win scenario which is the name of the the, the episode we didn't even talk about that and now we're not going to two to be out. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just watched most important question first. What's your beverage of choice? Um, I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to mind, and 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 I know that I'm judged for it, and I appreciate it. It's just you know space amniotic fluid. Oh, <laughs> nay! It's the first thing that popped into my mind. I keep Ugh. forgetting to think about this. It should be Picard's wine. Thing. The wine was in this episode. I should say Chateau wine. Picard. I just thought about yeah. it now. I didn't think about it earlier. And I just glass of Chateau Picard. Off of instinct. Yeah, follow that instinct. It's much more entertaining. So, um, so gross. I will drink anything other than Jameson's <laughs> because, unlike Jack Crusher, I do not like cheap whiskey. Um, but yes, um, if you thought you weren't prepared for the beverage of choice, give us the plot synopsis. Oh shit. <laughs> One week. One week to this plan. Okay. Uh, in this episode of Picard, we find out that this gravity well is actually a birth canal. And by the end of the episode, everyone is asking, am I going to be covered in goopy birth juice today? Doesn't matter. It'll burn off and warp. Also, we discover that Ian's prediction about the bad guys saving the good guys almost came true. Shaw, still alive. Still a dick. And <laughs> potentially the most important part of this episode is that Star Trek reveals that, by golly, they can make our favorite characters curse, and they just go all out. <laughs> with the mention of cannabis, asshole, dickhead, fuckwad. Dipshit. Turtle butt, dipshit. Yeah, all kinds of things happen here. Are they going to die? Probably someday, but not this episode. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Perfect. Great synopsis. Ambassador. Thoughts and feelings on this week's episode. I'm still gut reaction. I'm still trying to understand if I covered everything in my forgot about again synopsis. Okay. Oh, you, you forgot to mention Wolf and Raffi. I oh, thank God. That's why I like this episode so much. They weren't in it. <laughs> oh, now it's all making sense now. <laughs> you dick. <laughs> uh, no. If if we were cutting away to Wolf and Raffi in this episode, I would have felt it because yeah. I this had smart, so much didn't. going on. There was, there's no place for that. I, I'm glad that they focused no. on the main storyline. Tension was on point. In yeah, this it was one. really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think the only things I didn't really cover in the synopsis was that the uh, goopy guy is still on the loose, technically. 
No, Goopy guy's dead. Wait, what? Goopy guy's no, dead. No, Goopy guy died. Goopy died. Definitely super dead. They, yeah. She charged up the phaser a little Moided. bit more this time. Yeah. Uh, and Seven, Seven killed her friend, which is cool. the face of her friend. I think that's the only thing they really don't, I don't think we covered very well. No, I think you got it all. They were in the nebula. Nebula is a baby. The contractions uh, push out the titan. Overall um, thoughts and yeah. feelings. I I enjoyed this episode. Um, I think I liked it because we stayed inside the ship a little bit and I wasn't kind of being pulled out and about. But at the same time, I was also being pulled out and about in, in odd ways. Like they, we still cut back and forth to different parts of, mm, mm-hmm. of the ship, sometimes in, in my opinion, sinful ways. And I'll get to that uh-huh. at some point, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we really needed to solve this problem. And I thought that they did an interesting, they did some interesting stuff to solve that problem. I don't think that any of us thought uh, that they were actually going to let this crew die. Although I've joked about it many, many times. So the yeah, question no, was always, how are they going to get out of it? And choosing to have the crew use their years of expertise and their togetherness and their wits and their stuff like this. Like that was fun. It was fun to kind of watch, you know, them solve the problem in that unique way that star trek solves problems mm-hmm. um very tng solution i don't i don't know what happens after this this is clearly like the end to this part because this is sort of how everything started you know right like beverly and jack were in trouble picard and Riker essentially stole a shuttle grabbed a ship left like they they've been doing a lot of stuff so now it's them returning back to potentially i mean if everything uh, who knows what they're going to do next but they have this chance now to shift from what they are doing into the next which of course is going to involve following the crumb trail or goop trail to figure out how this changeling was on the ship prior to even coming across jack and i think that's the only tie that we potentially have for where they're going to go next is what what was really happening, you know, on the ship. Um, I thought it was also interesting this episode that they really let Shaw go unhinged. So I'm curious where they're mm. going to take that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, overall thoughts and feelings. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this episode quite a yeah. lot. Me actually. too. I really, really loved it. Um, you could say it's an episode of two parts where you have like a lot of exposition of Picard and Jack reconnecting or connecting really um Shaw giving away why he hates the admirals um so admiral and captain um Riker and Picard reconciling a bit Riker dealing with some demons and then shifting into the solution to the problem and a classic TNG get us out of here do something bonkers dismantle part of the ship um save the day and then space wonder is how we end end the episode but it was it was incredible this had one of my f- like it is immediately in the top 10 probably top five visuals of all time star trek other franchises anywhere this the just this episode was beautiful there was like so many cool shots and cool um special effects in this episode it just gave me all of the star trek warm fuzzies um i i love it like it's just it was a great if we like had more of a setup in the beginning. This could have been a great standalone episode of TNG yeah. where yeah. we have this problem, the solution, and then how they get out of it. Um, you had conference table planning shenanigans that I absolutely loved. But the the kind of the, the crux of the episode that I love so much was the writing again. It's written so, so well. And the themes that go through the episode are super duper powerful. It's dealing with what could be cliche topics, but in a non-cliche way. So there's some like a 
some really original ways of getting through some of these thought patterns and some of these relationships that we've seen before. Um, there's just some really emotional beats that really hit home with me and then went straight into popcorn. I love TNG. Um, so yeah, really just continues to be a really, really, really strong, strong season. Yeah, they're doing, I think they're doing a good job of developing some characters, figuring out how they all tie together. And there were so many moments in this episode where I was like, man, I'm really feeling the emotion that this mm. actor is giving this character right now. Yeah. Jack, especially Riker. really, Jack Riker Shaw. They had mm. some really deep moments in this episode. I, the hatred in Shaw's eyes toward Picard oh, man. was intense. And uh-huh. I, I believed it. Um, I believe this character is just, he's an asshole. He's an asshole in charge. Uh, mm. And that's a powerful type of a character to just latch onto, this unapologetic person. He does apologize in a very backhanded way. Um, he's like, sorry, guys, my, I don't remember the quote, um, but. <laughs> At some point, um, I substituted charm with being an asshole. Or yeah. being an asshole replaced my charm. Yeah. Forgive me, at some point, asshole became a substitute for charm, which I thought was really yeah. clever. But, you I know, so it. he's really confidently himself. You have Riker wrestling with revealing the mystery of, like, why did he leave Deanna? And and then they give it a name. She was really bothered by his lack of emotion, which, I mean, I don't know, as an empath, wouldn't it be kind of a nice break to have somebody who can just not be giving <laughs> off emotion? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not one. I think it might be worrying when that <laughs> lack of emotion comes from your dead son. Yes, okay. But that's how some people grieve. And I also thought that that oh, was a really, really good yeah. thing for the episode to hit on a bit is that people grieve differently. And, you know, they have Riker kind of apologizing for it at the end, which I don't know that I agree with that. I think that there is a place to show that some people have a hard time grieving or they grieve in a very mm. distanced way. And he's reengaging with that not being healthy at this point. He's recognizing th- yeah. that he needs to move into actively trying to kind of understand his own way of grieving um and that i understand apologizing for but i don't Mm. he's on instinct before that and i just i don't know that was a nice reveal that also trickles into him resigning at the beginning of the episode he's resigned that hey we're dead in the water man we're we're about to die uh so go get your shit together friend like let's just put this behind they didn't have the big argument about who was right in the last episode like Riker yelled at him he just was like you know what we're dying so uh I'm going to go get my shit together. You go get your shit together. And That is one yeah. of my, I think we'll, we'll stay in that moment because um, William um, Frakes is, William, Jonathan Frakes is doing some acting. This is the best Riker acting that we, I think we've ever, ever seen. The The moments with uh, the log that he's trying to, to send to Deanna, his honesty with her at the end of the episode, like he's dealing with, genuine stuff and yeah i think it's more that he was apologizing for what she has had to go through in putting up with how he's been grieving yeah, that and sense. that he's now ready to to face it a bit more but i just it felt really sincere it felt really heartfelt they i bought did. into it yeah and i really i get this this journey and this arc that he's going on now um yeah just incredible acting. yeah so they did good. a good job of like bringing that to life more of Riker brought to life more of Shaw, I mean, I don't want to stick on Shaw for too long, but like going back to Shaw, his hatred and his survivor guilt and his like, oh man, just to give him depth. He doesn't just have yeah. to be the, you know, flat, non-dimensional character that just hates for no hatred. Just the asshole. Yeah. The development of storytelling 
in these mediums has been so fun to watch because they know that in just short bursts of sentences, they can give some depth to some people. And here Shaw is talked about just, I don't know, you got to kind of open up and see the turmoil that he's in and being one of the 10 to survive a massacre of 11,000 yeah. people. And that was like, whoa, shit, you know? And then you've yeah, got Jack. Big. Now we, and then we have Jack who is emoting really interestingly. There's, Many times throughout this episode leading up to the end, which reveals that Jack had attempted to meet Picard five years previous and mm. it hadn't gone quite well because oh, I love that so much. It was such a juicy bit of storytelling because yes. the whole time I'm like, why are we doing this five years ago thing? It just felt yeah. out of place because the only thing tying it to the moment to the here and now might be that Picard once had a nice speech to a bunch of, you know, new Starfleet kids that saw him and were like super excited yeah. to see Picard and it's Picard the asteroid is, mission thing. Yeah. And he's talking, Picard is talking about his, you know, he's, he's giving them like the speech and this encouragement and it kind of relates to what's happening now. And that's the only tie until the very end when they reveal that Jack actually asked Picard a question about mm. having additional fan, like, is there more than Starfleet? And Picard's answer is Starfleet's all I've ever needed, which insinuates that Jack kind of felt like he had his answer. He didn't want to meet his dad at that point because yeah. Starfleet's all he needed. He doesn't want a son. He doesn't yeah. want a family. He doesn't need it. And they also built that Jack is okay with being alone. And they're really hitting that theme of, like, you're watching Jack kind of wrestle with emotion. And the whole time, like I was saying, sprinkled throughout, I'm kind of curious, what emotion is, is Jack feeling? Because I don't quite understand it just yet. Is he confused you is mean he... the final scene no no no, no just the whole in the beginning and then in the right. end when they reveal mm. that scene then his turmoil begins oh. to really make oh. sense and the That's rest so of the good. episode just lights up for me and then it goes into the mystery of why he's having like what is he experiencing what what the fuck is going on with jack that he yeah. is having these strange oh. like flashes of the of something he's being called by some group with some weird what what is the stranger things the upside down like it's just got this vibe going <laughs> it does on have like an upside down thing happening yeah um, that is i think it's my favorite part of the episode of what is an incredible episode so many great moments but the the that reveal that jack is there and that really powerful question that is being asked anonymously and picard just He's getting like Jack is getting a gut level response from him, yeah, because Picard doesn't know who he is. It's it's a great way it's to so great. get an honest answer from somebody. You're trying to work out if we need this moment, and it all it it's mirrored so so well in Jack's approach to Picard during the holodeck scene, mm -hmm. which is Keep I don't need this moment. Keep like don't don't mm -hmm. do this if you think it's something for me, because I'm I'm honestly good, and I'm not saying that to be a dick. I genuinely am fine. And I, I love that because he's trying to bring some science to it. It's like, do I need this man in my life? Okay, let's go and see what he has to say. Does he need me? Um, and I, I do love Picard's response, which is, I was begging him to say this. Like, okay, maybe I need it. Like, be yeah. honest and say, Thank you for it's doing not that. for you. This is for me. I am so happy. I like that too. That they went that route. A lot. I like that a lot. I felt like it was a completely appropriate thing and it was needed because it, he Picard Picard needs to come to the place where he knows that he is motivated by this curiosity of having a son because this is his first time to know he hasn't known for 23 24 years so yeah that character needs that 
you know, curiosity. And then also Picard seems to have that reveal at the end that he remembers Jack asking that question. And I don't know if it's intended, but kind it certainly of, is implied. Kind of. But I love that. The, the last piece of that is I, I, it's so well put together. It's Jack looking around the bridge, Picard giving that speech, which in the, talking about like how the crew becomes your family, how mm-hmm. Starfleet is your family. The, the Five years ago, Jack in the past is taking that as fine, cool, I'm not needed. But then you have Jack in the present day who is like, I get it. I understand now. Like, yeah. he still may not agree, but after living through that experience, he has a new understanding for why Picard does see these people as his family. And just, man, how to get like an entire character arc in the space of minutes from Jack presenting Picard to, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get why this is your family. I get why you maybe think you don't need anything more than this it's so well done what a great thing like like huge props to me to the writers because i didn't feel like it was forced i felt like there had been enough information in the previous episodes to qualify Mm. that jack was distant and now jack is curious it showed in that moment of him five years ago at the bar he is a 20 you know a, a young 20 year old late teen something like that and it's just it had that vibe of a kid that's curious mm-hmm. about his dad and that's still present i feel in how the actors kind of bring this character to life and yeah. so maybe it's like rewake awakening a little bit um and i don't know it just it was a powerful episode for me i there were some things i didn't like about it of course because that's how everything that i watches or something is like ah, that's dare. weird or or whatever <laughs> But I thought that it was a clever way for the crew to come yeah. together. I thought it was also clever that they didn't have Picard being the hero captain. That was mm. a really good choice, in my opinion. Riker needs to be that hero captain right now. He needs this. Yeah. That It, his it was his ship, his role. So when mm. Riker is giving that like speech to the crew, guys, we've got a plan. We're going to try to get out of here. It's going to be dangerous. You know, uh, it's not... It's not the tropey thing that they could have done where Jack, like, here's his dad, give a uh, a nice heartfelt speech. And that's part of why Jack wants to get to know his dad. No, 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 no. That was Riker. They're giving Mm. Riker the role of father and head figure and Picard the role of, do you want to be buds? Like, what do you want to, what do you want to do here? I just, I think that's really smart that they're not forcing that onto Picard's character because I think it would be. That would just push Jack away. Yeah, not absolutely. only that, I think it would break some of how they've built it. And of course, they can do whatever they want. This is their character to play with. But the writing to me really reflected the mm. care with which they're going about this very sensitive topic. And there's many sensitive topics in this episode. Um, the writers are going about it really well. And I I feel like after writing something like this, that <laughs> I can just imagine them all being like, man, this is this is some good shit, guys. Oh, like, You've got to be proud of it. I you? hope they are, because I really like it. It feels... It feels original, like the father, the estranged father-son thing has been done, but this felt really genuine and original. I loved how casual they were. It's like, let's swap some stories, and you can, if you need to explain it away, you can, they they sold the fact that we have a few hours left, we don't have a plan, so what's the point of ignoring each other? But even if Jack had said, I don't want to do this, I think Picard would have respected it. Yep. And I just, I just, I love that admission that, yeah, I need this. I need this connection with, um, it was really powerful. I love it. I also had some laughs, some fun laughs in this one. Obviously, Shaw just killed me in this episode. Oh, Shaw's just. <laughs> His snarkiness. Insanely like, funny. He's, he's like a, if he was, if I had a devil on my oh. shoulder, I'm pretty sure it would be like a Shaw type yes. character. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's like things like, 
just little things like I know that they kind of went for some humor that didn't work for me like Picard and Jack's conversation where they're talking about Picard losing his hair like that that didn't hit for me but it was cute I I get it yeah yeah um but some of the humor that I uh I did really enjoy oh crap I just lost it I just went away like out of my brain there it goes yeah sure no humor humor it is it was humor related for sure for sure (laughs) for sure sure. oh I remember uh, I don't think it was like intended humor, but it really delighted me when Picard tells the story of his uh, his friend, Jack Crusher. And he even is able to tell Jack that he would have named Jack, Jack Crusher mm, as well yeah. because of this. And so we get to hear the story for the first time. But then at the end, he's like, wait, you've heard the story, haven't you? And it was just this adorable, like a little exchange. Yeah. It, that wasn't like a ha, 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 ha moment. It was like, a oh, that's cute. Where oh. there was a depth of, Jack has heard the story many times and then they bring it back around with record being like, yeah, I've heard that story too. (laughs) I've heard this one too. So I thought that was funny. It's like a little (laughs) wink and nod that these characters live in a universe where this would have been something that Jack would have heard long before now from his mother. Yeah. Yeah, I I love it. Um, Back on the humor, like Shaw kills it in every single scene, every (laughs) single line that he delivers. As soon as like, it's the lack of fucks that he give. And they even go to the effort of explaining why he has such a lack of fucks. And when Seven walks into his quarters, like, not even that. She's beat, and he's just like, don't come. Don't, don't come. Don't come. Fine, come in. <laughs> and I just love that. He's like, oh, bang up job your heroes are doing with my ship. Love the view. Like, just in the face of death, I hope I would be the same snarky person. You are. So, so, thank you. So, so funny. And I just, I adore him so much. And his, the way he swoops in and dominates a scene, like when he oh, comes awesome. in and he does the explanation for why he hates Picard, um, it makes complete sense. As soon as he said yeah. the star day, I was like, oh, it's Wolf 3. It's true. Shit. That was an interesting moment. Talk about mm. people who are fucking Star Trek nerds. We're watching this show and I start, I'm like, uh, Shaw, you know, interrupts the conversation about Jack Crusher with Jack and Picard. And it's like, well, do you know about this? And he names a star date and Ian's like, oh, and I'm just like, oh my God, just the star date. Four, three, something. So I knew when he said four, that was the giveaway for me. Um, I was like, oh, it's because I can't remember the rest of the star date. And I'm not entirely sure he got the right star date, but I'm, I'm, pretty sure he did but anyway when he said stardate 4 that means that it took place during start the next generation um so i was like yeah it's wolf 359 it has to be that's why he has a borg boner um yeah yeah love that so much and it makes sense thousands of people died it it makes sense that this is why people died yeah and 40 starships like tons of people were the battle of wolf 359. 359. Yeah. It's big. I wrote that down. Oh, he said, Did your old man ever tell you about the time we first met on the USS Constance? And you were just Mm. like freaking out. Oh, I love it. So I didn't know about the Constance, but when he said we met and Picard didn't remember him, I was like, Okie dokie. This makes sense. Um, Nice, nice. It does a lot of work. Like Wolf 359 does a lot of backstory work. And that scene. With the torpedoes firing and the phasers going off and the, the shouting as, in, in the, the background, background for yeah. his memory yes. was so, was so well powerful. done. Really, really subtle. And just, yes. yeah, he's suffering with PTSD. He is he is traumatized, understandably, by it. And he hasn't got past it yet. So good. 
yeah, that I wrote that down as it was happening, like in parentheses that you could hear the um the audio from that episode and yeah. just knowing that they had that's the just cutest. it was so powerful yeah and they oh, even played that um I, I, and and even even still like so yeah they're gonna give shaw a little bit of background and maybe that bothers some people that they're giving shaw like a little bit of this you know ptsd and this anger like that he obviously has been trying to work on for a minute because it was even brought up in a psychological evaluation from that mm. other captain uh the yeah. captain vatic or whatever so that's interesting, but the cool thing that they're doing is that they also bring around his engineering in this episode, and yes. they and they use the humor to do it. And that the biggest laugh aloud moment for sure. <laughs> in that moment, Shaw calls himself a dipshit from Chicago, and he's saying like, "Yeah, like I I'm just a dipshit from Chicago, and now I'm lucky number ten. It was really powerful, and mm-hmm. it was such a moving scene. And then whenever Picard shows up at Shaw's door with seven because they need his help picard has the best (laughs) (laughs) the best line maybe in the entire this entire episode what do you think oh easily like it's it might be the best line of any any episode that we've reviewed he says i do need your help despite the fact that you are indeed a dipshit from chicago again (laughs) they picard says in this episode he says dipshit in this episode Uh and i'm like bring it star trek show us that our heroes can curse thank you so someone someone on twitter criticized heavily last week that somebody swore and i i it was they're not gonna like this episode (laughs) so dave blass dave blass replied to his tweet saying you're gonna want to skip next week guy was like i really like the show but i still hate the swearing and he's like i get it you're gonna want to skip next week Oops. but you're uh, people swear people language swear. happens the only reason we didn't swear back in the day is because it was on national it was on a network television and you couldn't even say crap or you could barely say hell in the original series that's how like puritanical and bullshit it was of course people swear jesus christ fucking hell of course they swear Jesus. <sighs> you okay? Anyway. No, listen, I have gone on my own personal arc of trying to understand my relationship with cussing. And mm-hmm. I love swearing. I have a yeah, good, fuck it. I, I feel like there's just certain words that make more sense for my vocabulary. And then being raised the way that I was raised, you just didn't. Maybe that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I like it so much because it feels dirty, naughty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Getting a little insight into the ambassador's character. Then. It's like, like my, my chaos, my pushing the boundaries of yeah. of like what is and isn't okay. Fuck this and shit. then I was in radio for a long time. You certainly don't curse on radio. Um, and and then the world of podcasting really blew up for me. And I, I found myself really enjoying listening to people who just were unapologetically themselves and continue to experience success. And I kind of just faced the big old fear of being judged mm. and stepped out and like, you know what? I just want to be me. I want to be me and I'm a cusser. So watching Picard curse, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so like on one little shoulder yeah. is my Picard angel. On the other shoulder uh-huh. is my little Shaw devil. Fuck. And I'm super happy. <laughs> yeah. So I it's like great. it. I like it. I think that it gives is... them dimension. And I think it also just shows the progression of character. Like people curse and that's okay to show. There's, this episode really had a lot of interesting representation in that way. I, it I, really It was really did. complicated and it's like emotional just the way that it was emotional anyway I love no it. totally agree and it's a great way to get sure back in the game as well it's like hey 
nobody knows this shit better than you. Right. Get in there, Grease Monkey, and help us out. And I just, I love, it makes sense. I love it so much. It did. And it, it gave a little sense. bit of extra depth to, because I'm a nerd, the refit process. So the one of the criticisms has been that the Titan A doesn't look anything remotely like the Titan, the original. Like, it is a t- completely different class of ship. Um, and I do... Uh, uh, Terry Metalis has given some great explanations for for this online, which is that after the shipyards were destroyed, which we saw in season one of Picard, it wasn't just like the ships that were blown up, it was materials, and some materials are extremely hard to get by, so the refit process has to be a bit more creative. So they were using the bones of the Titan, and instead of instead of scrapping it, they replaced pretty much everything and rebuilt it, but the core of the ship the wiring, the circuitry, the bits underneath the shell are still the Titan. It's just a new refit process. And they refer to that in the episode. And Shory's just like, yeah, you're confused because everything in the guts of the ship is a lot older than you were expecting. Um, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that so much. It's just those little nerd things just allow me to be in the universe a little bit more. Um, I love it. There is something to be said about these episodes. This one certainly crammed a lot into mm. this time frame and maybe i feel yeah. that more because we were not cutting over to the rafi wharf time you know so we sat inside the ship and had to come up with problem solving in all these unique ways and then they fit it together really interestingly too where it's not like they just had one conversation with shaw and then they came up with a conclude they came up with a decision they came up with an idea mm. it builds like all these little tiny sections and then it comes together so to that to that i was able to sit back watch see what they wanted to do I was trying to kind of figure it out a little bit and I kind of thought I knew mm. where I was going to go a couple times and didn't go there, which was fun. Uh, like I thought that the Captain Vatic was going to actually save them. Um, we haven't talked about well, that at all. Can we talk about Captain Vatic now? Yeah, let's, I had one, one before we depart from that. I had one little last thing about the shore doing Wolf 359 stuff. The other beautiful organic thing about that scene is that it unites Jack and Picard because suddenly Jack is like defensive of his father and saying hey that's not fair and whether that's just as a fellow human or fellow being it's that's not fair he was a borg that that is not his fault he didn't go out there and kill a ton of people there's not really much he could have done to avoid that this is an unfair argument and it just brings jack and picard a little bit closer together against Shaw. so yeah i really really well put together scene um but yes vadic i was right the shrike was supposed to get them out of the nebula i still don't understand why she didn't act sooner or why she didn't because do she something hadn't cut else. her hand off yet dude yeah i know but i was right for the wrong reasons or wrong for the i think i was wrong for the right reason um but we do find out that vadic is a changeling um, is she yes she's a changeling 100%. okay i'm so fucking 100%. confused here's what okay. i saw i saw someone cut off their hand in a little bowl yeah. And then some other, and then it took the form of a uh-huh, Max Hedramesque head, ca- head <laughs> kind of thing that talked to her and said, no, you do what I want. And then it became part of her body again. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, is she like a host? Is she no, it's the, like, it's it's the like great a weird thing. symbiotic thing going on? It's this, it's this great link thing. They're always connected stuff. So they'll be tapping into some connection that they have that spans the galaxy and this is a new thing this isn't unless i'm missing something this isn't something that we saw in deep space nine um 
Okay, okay, okay. But I'm pretty sure she's a changeling. What kind of a changeling would need to cut off part of itself to talk to itself? I'm just kind of curious yeah, about that. It's a it's a weird bit of science. I would love to hack into that and see what the logic is. Um, I think that she's, I think she's, a, I think she's sharing part of her body. Oh, that is an interesting theory. Like, I'm thinking that the changeling takes up, like, maybe the arm or, like, part. Interesting. And she can't talk to it unless it's, like, off of her. Maybe. Or maybe it's just the hand. So she cuts it off, and then it, like, talks to her, and then she yeah. puts it back on. I would just imagine they would be able to talk in her. It really felt know. like it was for us. But That's if it, interesting. That's an interesting prediction. But we wouldn't need that, though. Like, I understand that the show will have to show us something so that we know. But she's clearly mm. afraid... And maybe it's yeah. keeping her alive. Maybe they have an agreement that it keeps then, her alive because it even said like you're dispendable too. Like I, I don't need you. But if if this changeling is there, then that means they're gonna die as well if they send the shrike in. Maybe maybe it's not worried about maybe that. Maybe they're expendable. Know? Yeah, because they're expendable too. Interesting. Like maybe, I don't think that the hand is the big bad, but it's part of the big bad. Yeah. But it's just this weird thing. Like I don't understand why a changeling would only maybe like only part of it survived like i don't know how changelings maybe. work so so like if a changeling is this uh, huge shape of a let's say a changeling Goo. fills up a, a 10 gallon bucket but then mm -hmm. part of it doesn't get back to the bucket does the part that did get back to the bucket become the new changeling and it's just tiny like a little elf do not like, know, a little, like a little they fairy? can <clears throat> they can change mass so they can be bigger or smaller so i don't know how if they would just fill the gap i don't know how much of the changeling is left before it stops being a changeling? Um, okay, that so this I is a mystery. This is a this mystery. mystery. But we do I like that as a prediction. But we do realize that she is answering to something else. We get to see that something else. Yes, the there's a the higher of a, bad guy here. A floating hand head, and then yep. she goes against her own survival instincts and takes her ship into the gravity well to retrieve specifically Jack again. But there was this kind of weird moment. I didn't know how to read it where she's almost like, yeah, he fell into the well. So can't can't keep doing that anymore. Like almost like she didn't want the mission to succeed in a way. It was a strange. I, I didn't know how to take that. Yeah, I, I took that as she was being sheepish about admitting that she'd fucked up. It felt like, yeah, sorry about that. Kind of. It's getting almost like she knows that she's going to be asked to go in there and that she can't say no to it. And she's just like, I don't want to have this conversation because I know what I'm going to be told to. It's mm -hmm. kind of, I'm probably doing a lot of work for the writers, but that's how I got the, that's how the delivery hit me anyway. Okay. Well, either way, we did get to see her. We did get to see her ship be disabled, but not destroyed. So she's not out of the picture just yet. So oh, no. She'll but let's back. talk about that scene. Holy shit. How cool was that? Titan is riding the wave, and Riker's just like tractor beam, throw an ass. That is like such a Riker thing to do: is get the tractor beam and lob an asteroid at the ship. Well, it was so. He great. copied her, just to be clear. To be fair, yeah, it's it such a Riker great. thing to do to uh, take credit for a really clever move from someone else. From somebody else, <laughs> but it's fine. Just use their own, um, use their own shit against them. It uh, was fun. Yeah, I loved that so much. Fun. So much fun. And what a nod moment, that fun. it already had happened and he learned, adapted, and did the same exact thing and cleverly took something mm. from behind them and then just went and like swung it out yeah. so that they didn't have a chance to kind of know what was happening. I guess yeah, they were on a collision course too. So what was the what was the Shrick Shrick doing? Like just sitting there. It was weird. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I guess catch it as it came out of the nebula. 
Um, but the visual effect I was talking about that I loved so much was Titan riding the wave of the nebula out. Like, that was beautiful. The waves that were, like, going into the nacelles, just surfing its way out of the nebula was so gorgeous. That is, like, movie-level stuff. It was beautiful. I had chills watching that and the music that went along with it. Such an elegant, classic TNG solution. Like, riding the wave of anything is always how they get out of a nebula or some energy thing that's so so powerful they do it in insurrection there's this huge huge energy beam that's going to destroy them they detonate the warp core and ride the wave of the warp core explosion to safety um it's there is a beautiful nod to to a classic solution i oh man so well executed we are we are so lucky to live in a time when we get to see beautiful things like that on on tv they're not just for the big movies you know, there's something that we get to see on these shows that like the CGI stuff is affordable enough for companies to do it. And I know that like I know it's CBS, so they've got a lot of money, but it's still fucking cool. Like, yeah, uh-huh. the ships look good. The space looks cool. The special effects look cool. And you know that when they're doing this on the sound studio that they're like, oh, we'll we'll see how this looks in post. We'll see how this looks later. We don't know for sure. We have a pretty good no, idea. They got an idea. And it's yeah. also nice that we, when we talked to, um, uh, oh gosh, I just forgot his name. What's his name that we talked to that was on the sound studio and they ha- and he told us that they have like the screen set oh, up. Oh, um, the, um, Bruce, uh, Hammer, Bruce, Bruce um, Horrock. Bruce, Bruce Horrock. Yeah. He, so they can, they have now also the, to see the backdrop. So they know what they're mm. looking at in the distance and such. But this kind of like fun CGI, oh, it's so pretty. It just looks so, so pretty, pretty because, I mean, I'll get to like the logistics of how this works here in just a second, which of course this is sci-fi <laughs> and whatever, whatever. But how it looked- not accept any criticism on this point. Specifically how it looked <laughs> was so beautiful. Chills, the, cool. I want to rewatch it right now. It was it so beautiful. nice. I got chills so, as well. So I, the I think music, I'm going to have to rewatch this on, on uh, Aaron's, Aaron's, on yeah. Aaron's big TV. Yeah. yeah, Aaron's TV is insane. Um. I I also just think that it's nice to see them not just have one shot of it, that they kind of show different angles yes. and they show different ways that this energy, like how they were writing it. I feel like, you know, a long time ago, it would have been like one shot, one thing. They might have showed the Usually same is. thing three yeah. or four times because they just were reusing that footage. But here we got to see multiple angles and the crackling energy and this cool pulse wave. It's not a pulse wave, though. Let's not forget. This is contractions from an actual living being. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. Hey, I called it. I said it was an alive being in there. You did. You said it was alive. Um, we had a couple clues, but yeah, you definitely called that one. Called that um, one. Just didn't know this... it was a fucking birth canal. And <laughs> having had my own contractions in my life, I was like, this Slightly is triggering. You know, this, this is uncomfortable. Like, Beverly timing the contraction was like, Oh, that's when it kind of started to tick over for me. I was like, why is the doctor doing this? And that's a classic Beverly thing as well, to make an, an analog, analog, anal, analogous, analogous, to compare it to something else. <laughs> Wait. Not analingus. That no. did not come out right. That, that can, it, no, it came out exactly that, right. You can cut that nope. out of the podcast. Just nope. sniff it. No, nope. no. Nope. We're just going to pretend uh, yep. I did not just say that. Yep. Just, it was an, go on. It was a very, very cunning spoonerism. Um, so anyway, I love the science that Beverly does in this episode. Um, she's like spitting some science, like science Bev is here. 
I love that so much. Like, yeah, the, the scene when she, she figures so it out. This episode. She yeah. comes and she's like, "Listen, this is a energy burst. This is how it usually would work. Uh, so it's it's receiving matter and then spinning it back out, but it's happening in interesting waves. So I think we've got something going on here, guys. Like something's about to happen." And I'm like, you know, the, the leap to birth is a little bit interesting for me. Um, <laughs> in the sins, in the sins. But it's also really, I understand what the writers are doing. They're talking about the birth of something new. We even had that birth comment whenever Picard goes down to see Jack last episode when he was ill and he was coming back to life. Like this is about rebirth. And so why not put you into the afterbirth? Oh, God. Of space. Eat it up. Yeah. I mean, we literally saw the birthing of space sperm, you know? Yeah. It's just space a jellies. lot. We saw a lot. It was a lot. However, but it was pretty. <laughs> it is beautiful. And it's a beautiful classic ending to TNG. Like they mention Encounter at Farpoint, which is the two episodes that we bought the two oh, damn it season opening to Star Trek the Next Generation. And obviously it was going to be compared to that. So I'm glad they gave it a gave it a nod to kind of, yeah, we know what we're doing here. But it's a beautiful, classic Star Trek ending to a story, is that the thing was alive, it's a new form of life that we don't know, and it was just a beautiful, hopeful thing, that it's not all doom and gloom, there is still exploration happening, and there's still science happening. Um, just a great nod to the kind of the, the, the warm, fuzzy feelings of TNG, mm-hmm. knowing that we've got some deep shit to come. Yes. Yes, we do. What else did we yeah, miss? We what what are the do we miss any other big themes here? Um, I'm trying to think. I think we kind of hit the rest of it. Let me look through my notes, I suppose. Um so I I really love the the conference room shenanigans where you have a classic planning the plan in the conference room of the ship. This is where some of my favorite scenes of all time happen. It's such a comfortable place where the gathering of minds happen and here's the problem here's what we have against us, here's the possible solutions, people disperse, go and do your thing. Classic TNG formula. Love it to death. And just Beverly, having a seat at the table for once and having something useful to say. My goodness, they are just, they're really giving her a lot more to do. Still not enough, but a lot more to do. I love it. Um, Since we're in the conference room, I also really, really loved the conference table. Yes. It was this really beautiful interface it was a big massive computer which is what it would need to be in the future when we have and i'm trying to play the intro in the background here so i'm sorry if my no uh, you're fine i'm not hearing it my shit's going weird but yeah i loved that conference table i was when it it showed when Riker um was sitting down to potentially send a difficult message to deanna and Mm. i was just enthralled by it It like look at all these different things that it's showing and it's so much it it. would be on screens in the past but now it's on the table too because we can't get away from our screens they are everywhere nope screens are everywhere you're always gonna have black mirrors wherever you go there was one little thing that i liked um kind of back in the beginning the opening of the episode is Riker and um, the whole show is going for this metaphor of a sinking ship and it's a sinking ship in a nebula and i just i love that comparison of an actual ship at sea so this is something that Ratha Khan did really well, where you have this essentially submarine battle between um, Khan and the Reliant and uh, Kirk on the Enterprise. And I just love that metaphor that they are losing power. They're essentially taking on water and sinking. And I just thought it was a really, really, it's, just, it's really thoughtful writing. It's not careless. It's very deliberate about the, the metaphor that they're going for. Um, I assume I could be pulling that out of my ass, but the sinking ship thing was really cool. Another thing on my notes as I'm going through was the moment between Picard and Beverly when he asks for a moment with Jack. 
And she, oh my goodness! And she says, like, of course, just that Please. really brief kind of just emotional kind of moment. They only have a few hours before they're potentially going to be dying, and Beverly just lovingly lets them have a moment because Jack kind of nodded, like, yeah, it's fine. So that's cool. She's also just like, please have a moment. Like, there's nothing I want more than you two talking. Um, oh yeah, it's all. I also thought it was interesting that for a moment there, Riker was uh, kind of wrestling with wanting to actually sink the ship so that there was a remnant someday. Yes, yes. So rather than risk blowing it up, at least we'll have the logs and people we can say goodbye to people. Yeah, that was that was a, an interesting angle that I hadn't thought of. Like either way, we could die. But if there's a 1% chance of living, I don't want to risk the 99% chance that no one knows whatever happens. Just really interesting thought. Back on Riker, because he just got the meat and potatoes of this episode in a lot of ways. Him battling with the thought of an afterlife. I Oh, I love that. This so much. He's yeah. just like, I've we've been out there. We've seen some shit, Captain. We've been to each corner of the galaxy. Galaxy doesn't have corners. And I still have seen nothing, not a single thing. He's traveled through time, countless aliens, countless belief systems, and he's seen nothing that proves there's life after death. So how much more powerful is it when somebody dies, when you have even less proof that there's an afterlife or a heaven, just a void? And he's battling with that. He's like, how can I let go of Thad knowing that he's just gone forever? I, oh man, I could spend episodes dealing with that and just explaining it. Like, I, I... I'm already there, but I would just imagine there would be this even more, this even greater understanding of a lack of belief when you're faced with a universe of people that believe different things to you. And it's like, how, what's this one unifying thing that brings us together? And the, the amount of things they can prove, and yet there's still no proof for an afterlife. So I loved that so much. That, that did some things for me. Um, I also wrote down a couple things here. One of the funny quips from Shaw that I forgot was when Seven comes to him for advice about how to hunt down this person, uh, or the, the changeling. And he quickly kind of changes and he's like, you know what, Seven, I underestimated you. You're going to be a great captain someday. <laughs> and he, and he's like, and this is how you would know that it's I was so a changeling. Perfect. And she's like, oh, because you wouldn't say that because you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really fucking funny. <laughs> it's such a great moment. She's like, oh, you don't mean this. You're pretending to be a changeling. He's like, you got it. And then this like, kind of wink and nod. She's like, okay, well, I'm going to go find this residue. And he's just like, whatever. Like, he's just yeah. given up. He's resigned to just whatever. He's like, I don't fucking yeah. care. It's such like, an I'll still thing. help, but fine. He's, he's a fascinating character. Did you notice that Beverly was doing countdowns from starting with the number seven? Oh, that was a beautiful transition. And then it like, was seven, five. six. Yeah. And it was kept kind of going down. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Love that. that was a great transition from seven walking through the the corridor. Um, bu- 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 I was fine with how she figured out that the forge was a changeling, like it was telegraphed as heck. We knew it, but it was a nice bit of logic, and it did kind of double service of yeah, sure. She calls me seven because she isn't she a dick as a, as a sign of respect. Yeah. yeah, that was a nice callback to episodes previous. You know, that yeah. wasn't even in this episode. That was something that happened. You know, before. Um. Well, I think they had it in the previously on, just in case you forgot, which mm. is annoying, but whatever. <laughs> I like that yeah. too. And I also liked that they didn't try to push the audience a little bit more because we just saw LaForge on the bridge. So yes. we didn't yes. have to go, is it? Is it not? Like we knew. It wasn't meant we for knew. us. Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. It wasn't. Um and, and at the end at the end of that moment, like he's like, How did you know? And and she explains it and then he goes, Good job. And then he and then he just goes right back in like <laughs> 
back to barely it. acknowledges it. Just a super like, yep. cool, yeah, I get it, bye. Cool. <laughs> Makes sense. Let's go. Good job. Uh, him in the guts of the ship, doing all of his wiring and stuff. I love it. Love it. I need a Titan show. When will they announce Star Trek Titan? Ah! <laughs> anyway, I've got one last final point, and this is just Beverly having a great, great line that I love so much. When they're trying to convince Riker, and she says, let's do what we spent our entire lives learning to be great at. That was so good. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Like we are, They're all kind of acknowledging we've been in tighter spots than this let's at least try it never once have we just resigned ourselves to giving in and sure maybe Riker is convinced too easily and he comes up with part of the plan blah 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 but a powerful moment loved it Mm -hmm. did things for me anything else ambassador before we move on to a slim real quick slim sin slim Slim. quick very short farpoint was mentioned what was farpoint again oh encounter at farpoint so that's where the space jellies came from that's the oh. episode that we covered before season three started. Are these baby Farpoint jellies? No, we got a good shot on them and they look different enough. Um, they're very luminescent. They're just another form of life. But I think they acknowledged Farpoint because everyone's going to make that comparison. Oh, so I it's see. kind of the show saying, we know, we know what we're doing here. It's okay. okay. Calm down. Okay. Um, I also wanted to say there's this moment, like, so Riker, when he was wrestling with his decision to either go ahead and sink the ship so that there was a ship remaining or try to get out Mm. somehow um there's this moment where uh, sort of like right before he kind of reveals that he's on board for trying to pop out the nacelles or do whatever they're going to do and he's framed by the conference room and then there's the archway that leads into the bridge Mm -hmm. and it's just this beautiful frame of like the silhouette of Riker in the distance you can see the bridge crew like at their stations And you can kind of see silhouetted in the foreground, Picard and, you know, Beverly and everything. I just thought it was really, it was just really beautifully done. And I kind of just wanted to pause it and go, I think I want this as my screensaver. (laughs) It was so pretty. Yeah, this is, this is, this is where I want to be. It was just this frame of command. And then he turns around Mm. and he's like, okay, we're doing this and we're going to use the crew. And then they give the nice, you know, riveting speech about, you know, rallying the troops. and, And it cuts back to like Beverly, you know, her face as she's like, Watching her buddy, this old, this old, these guys have been around for a long time. So to be back, yeah. in the, back in the conference room, making a plan, trusting that they're going to have the be able to figure it out on the fly mm-hmm. as needed and possibly kill everyone and still find a way to be okay with it. Like I believed him. I believed it. Yeah, totally buy it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well. <laughs> and, uh, and also, and also the, <laughs> that um, Seven and uh, Shaw are like just over there talking and she's hitting him. He's like, you know, if I was a changeling, I'd, uh, this would be a really good opportunity to, <laughs> this would work. And it's such a great nod to storytelling how yeah. they know that this is the normal trope is that someone's going to come and sabotage in this room. But, of course the changing is going to turn up, but it cuts away to Picard on the bridge. Mm. And I'm like, Oh my God, are they insinuating that he's going to just drops a little seed of is, like, is wait, the changeling is on the bridge? Is it? Like, yeah, because yeah. you're like, wait, where would the changeling be? And so mm-hmm. it ends up Picard going was just with us. Yeah, it ends up going over, you know, there. But there's just enough like curiosity about what the show is gonna do, but also a wink and nod that it, mm. like Shaw and Seven, like you know, we know if you I was know. gonna fuck up a ship, I'd do it right here, right now. <laughs> if I was writing an episode of Star Trek, this is when I would bring in the changeling to fuck with us. And then LaForge, the fake LaForge, when when they come in, asks questions like, so if we don't get the second one back on we 
won't be able to warp, right? And she's like, man, that was really good. Because because they don't want to warp. Somehow, I think I'm trying to work out how this changeling knows what the mission is. Because the idea is they want the Titan out of the nebula, but not to warp away. So they want one nacelle to work and the other to not work. They want so to that put, the ship can put be it saved. back to the to the captain to the shrike. Yeah. So somehow she somehow this changeling knows, knows to get it to, to sh- get the yeah. ship out. So yeah. there's there's something about that changeling that I'm just like we how many changelings are out there? How did it know to be so on the many. Titan? We didn't so talk. Many. We didn't talk about this, and we have to. God damn it! This show is going to be so fucking long. <laughs> it always is. Go on. We have to talk about this, though. Mm, let's do it. Riker gives over flight command to Picard, who then invites Jack to sit beside him. Mm, did mm-hmm. you like that? Doesn't make any sense, but yes, I did. Okay. Like, it it doesn't, it doesn't make it any Beverly. sense, right? It doesn't is that, make is any that, sense. He's not this, a commissioned officer. He shouldn't know how any of these controls work, to be <laughs> yeah. honest, unless they're super intuitive. Um, but that's in the sins. But it was a great moment of like Riker and Picard together. I mean... We're not doing much for diversity with that three white man command crew, but I you know, could have maybe... had Beverly in that seat. It could okay. have had any number of people. Seven, maybe we perhaps, do transition but... to sense. Is this a transition okay, to sense? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, with that, let's head to engineering. What's left of it? Four instances is futile. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. Listen. Why wasn't there somebody at that seat already? That's Two weeks my in a first row. Can thing. I do the intro? God damn it. Could you let me do my intro? Thank you. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. I mean, who was in that seat? Who else are you going to put I in that seat? I am so confused. They say we're going to be flying blindish, so we're going to have to, you know, use all of our resources to look around or whatever. How is there mm-hmm. no one already in that seat doing the thing that Jack does. And if it's They've that... They've all been relieved of duty. I'm so confused. They've all been relieved. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who that seat is for, actually, the third. We still don't know who the third in command is. <laughs> it's Jack now. It is now Jack. Um, It's a great moment. It's worth it. It is sinful as heck. There are I mean, we, we get another a hundred more qualified people. Engage. Engage. We needed that. I'm fine with I him suppose. being in the seat. That's fine. fine. I'm fine with Seven being off and... Uh, still uncommissioned and doing doing things undercover. That's fine. It makes sense. But I, yeah, who's who's in the third seat and why should it not be Jack? It's like Jack. This is super fucking dangerous. We're all pretty much we could die. Of course, I guess at that point in time, everything was getting charged back up. No, it wasn't. It was like we got to navigate through some stuff. And he's like, Mark Helm, blah blah blah. Just wait four seconds. Who? What? Yeah, why? they haven't How? had the, They haven't. Yeah, they haven't had it yet. They haven't had the um. The full wave to get them out. It's just getting into position. It was weird. I I, li- I liked it because it looked cool, but it was like this doesn't make any sense, does it? I don't Super know. Cine. Okay, okay. It also it's still. I know they had limited systems, but it still baffles me that they can even do this manually. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm amazed that they have the wherewithal to avoid this. Oh, stuff. that's right. Because I think I think that was before life support. They had to like take life support all the way down to prep to be able to get out. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know how they're doing any of it, but it's it's fine. It made for a great episode. And I do want to preface, we sin because we love, and it's just we something we do. We this show is so, so, so good. Anything that we talk about is very nippy. And we're not even suggesting they should do it differently. It's just fun. It's fun to talk about. Guys, this it's is part of our jobs. It's fun to pick <laughs> things apart. It is literally part of our we, jobs. We, we do it have with this love. in brain. 
Yeah. We don't we wouldn't make a podcast about something we didn't love. So having said that, let's do the biggest sin for me, which which was I'm sorry to say the holiday. Hanging yeah. a lantern on it doesn't yeah. make it any less of a sin. I get it. Yeah. I actually like the logic. I like the logic this is too. A, this is a sanctuary. Hey this guys. is a safe mental space. Yeah. This Things is, are going wrong. This is for you. This is for you. Take a minute. However, there are less energy draining ways of doing that. Have like a bubble room or something like the panic. Have a panic room. I, 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 we have a literal I, bar you could go sit in. <laughs> That's the other yeah, thing. Like, you have you a have 10, ten forward. forward you could use. Like, we yeah. could literally just go get a drink, an actual one that yeah. doesn't require any energy. Mm-hmm. Other than I guess a life it support is... to keep that room breathable. But that, that that's a gathering space. That's what they need. They they said gather in the yeah. public spaces. It's the separate. It's the separate power source thing as well because like you gave it the the therapy explanation, which is great, but then also. You're not. You didn't even have to justify the use of power because you also said that it has a different separate power source. And oh, I'm just like, it's I just bit, thought of something. You tried really, really hard to make it okay. Okay, go with me here. Mm-hmm. Different power system because of Moriarty. They had to do some protocols in place because of the oh, Moriarty problem, right? Like that's a great idea. They had yeah. a problem. Something yeah. happened. Very bad. Very, very, very bad things happened, and yeah. so they have a new protocol in place. What if? If Moriarty does show up in the season, maybe because it is on a separate cell, because it is separate somehow, that's what ends up kind of saving maybe their that's butts. It. They are sick of holodecks fucking with everything. So <laughs> we we've segregated that power system away from the main ship so that we can cut that off and it isn't tied into anything else. That's a great idea. Great solution. There we go. You've solved it. No Thank longer you. a sin. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, we'll move on from that. But yes, it did feel like it's still a big power drain considering how big the disaster is right now but there we go over to you what's your next sin i mean they're in a space oh, i don't womb. have many i would just send that for fun just like the space oh, womb the space womb um let's see one of my sins is a fun one so you talk about how like we sin because we care we all this is like our jobs and one of our cinema sins standards is like okay like leave the fun word play to us we'll take it from here because we make up mm. those silly words but yeah. residue was great. Resigo. I would just yeah. be like, hey, 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 leave leave the silly word play to us because it yeah. would it's technically not a sin at all, but it's like Resigu-goo. a staple of our Resigu? brand. It's just yeah. a staple of our brand, so I would do that. Goo do was right there. That would be the sin. <laughs> goo goo. Goo goo do. Goo gaga. It's right there. Seven. Keep shooting, please. Like she meets the changeling, shoots it a couple times, waits for reasons, and then just watches it as it goops into the 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 bulkhead and i'm like shoot it i don't keep shooting it quite understand like like Worf and rafi they're just like oh that didn't work they yeah. just kill them you know bigger, bigger <laughs> weapon i it's yeah. because we're not ready for it to die but let it escape in a better way like let it do some acrobatic shit or knock her out or yeah. something i just like Seven, considering the stakes, should have vaporized that fool. She's been given permission to murder from the captain because he yeah. didn't reinstate her so that he, she could go hunt this thing. And then she's just like, you know what? I want to keep hunting you. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. I quite like this game. This is fun. Uh, your turn. Um, I would. S- this is another example of us sending the show for something that's not a sin at all. Um, the The moment when Picard and Jack are talking and Jack starts to open up and tell a story. And then it just fades out. That was, was fine like, for me. 
we this is like the moment where they're connecting and you're cutting away is it that lackluster was this not going anywhere and it probably wasn't because now we know that jack wasn't really trying to open up and tell a story but he's like he's like this might be of interest to you and he's like so there I was touching someone's antenna that was broken and I come to find out that this is very, you know, sensitive muscle and I'm like, okay, what? and then it just starts fading out. And like, wait, 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 what's, what's the story? What, what, what's the fucking the, story? It is the classic thing of, I've got the best joke ever, fade to black. Mm-hmm. You never have to write the best joke. You don't have to write the anecdote. You just fade away. Um, I get, but I also get it. Like they're just swapping stories. It's to show that the conversation carries on. I, I. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't know that we needed more, but it is, yeah, perhaps a little bit silly. Um, I have something that is going to undo something that I said. In the, in the, this is also a good thing and a sin thing. It's sure being mad about Wolf Three Five Nine. <laughs> I'm sinning it because it's now become internally cliche that to do this does the heavy lifting of a backstory for sure without having to create anything new. And I'm not even saying they shouldn't have done it, but it is easy. Like, they did it with Cisco as well. The very first episode of Deep Space Nine, Picard is congratulating Cisco on taking command of the space station and that he has a big job and he doesn't envy him. And Picard, <laughs> Cisco basically says, I don't care. I don't like you. I don't need a pat on the back from you. I don't need anything from you because Cisco's wife was killed during. Um, during Wolf 359 as well. And Cisco blames Picard. And he's like, fuck you, fuck everything you did. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I don't like you. Now, this is about four years after... Uh, three years? Three years after th- um, the battle. So it's more fresh. But it is becoming an internal cliche of give a character a backstory because of Wolf 359. Make them hate Picard because of Wolf 359. It makes sense. It would happen. I'm not saying it's wrong. But it is an easy thing to, to pull on for a backstory now. But I still love it. And watching Picard walk away, like, no, I get it. I just better yeah, go. I've like, heard this. I before. am the representation uh-huh. of your trauma. I have nothing I to say it. here. How powerful is that? He doesn't even apologize. It's just like yeah. I'm. I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna defend Oof. it. An apology isn't what you need. I'm just gonna remove myself because I am painful for you. So I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Yeah. I love Picard. Really, really good. Um, I would probably just send the backlit bu- bucket. Uh, Seven's backlit bucket search. <laughs> the reverse. The reverse gooing. It's like, I totally get it. You need to find the bucket. Why would this idiot put it in a well-lit secret cubby that if you want- So many places to hide it. So many dark places to hide it. Yeah. So many other places to put it where it's not backlit. Mm -hmm. So I would just send the backlit bucket. Yeah. Get it. And also I would just make the narrator say backlit bucket as much as I possibly could. Backlit buckets. This backlit bucket didn't need to be backlit as much as a bucket that is backlit has been backlit by the bucket. Mm -hmm. Hey, cannabis. So <laughs> this is quite funny because this this was originally a uh, a good point and then I moved it into sins and then I think I've moved it back into the good points but I'm gonna sin it. It opens up on five years later, five years earlier. Whoops. And my good point was that starting each episode with a flashback kind of gives us a bit of a comfy framework where we know each episode might open with a little bit of exposition in the past, but then we're safe for the rest of the episode and we know that. The flashback exposition has happened and we're now in the present day. And then this episode started going backwards and forwards so much. And I was like, oh, we're going to keep doing this. Fine. But then by the end of the episode, when Jack turns up, I'm like, that was beautiful. I fucking loved it. So I'm going to sin the fact that we keep having time travel flashbacks position. 
But in this episode, it kind of worked. Kind of like it. Just be careful yeah. with it, people. I think be the sin there is letting the haddock get cold. You know, like you, you oh, got it completely. Who likes Jesus. to eat just you know slightly cold warm chips. fish? They're the worst. So I can gross. get away with warm fish, maybe. So fucking gross. But the cold chips never taste good. Like so Picard again. The fun sin is: Are you really going to eat that now? Like, can you just replicate like, a new one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, get some something warm food. I bet this happens a lot mm-hmm. um, I have one 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 last one and this is the erasure of season two of Picard gradually step by step by step Shaw says forget about the weird shit that happened on the stargazer the real Borg are out there like that is in a line that is basically them saying forget what happened last season it doesn't matter Everything is still as you know it. The Agnes Collective is totally different. The Borg still exist. Don't worry, people. It's okay. I half expected him to say Q is still out there as well and just erase season two from your mind entirely. Um, It is interesting the subtle ways that they are making the show that they wish season one and season two have been. Like, there's lots of nods with the sound effects as well. Like, the the Titan has very little that's new. Basically, every sound effect is pulled or modified from TNG. The transporter room looks the same. The holodeck doors look the same. The holodeck grid flashed for a little bit, and that was the gold grid of TNG, which didn't even make it into Voyager. Uh, or TNG, actually, for the for the movies. They have a different hologrid. And it's just kind of this extra level of nostalgia, which is we're going to apologize by making this Extra, extra, extra TNG, but I do think it's slightly at the expense of the 2400s, where I'm fine that things have moved on and things have evolved. Like, I'm fine with both, but I think we now need to be consistent about what this new this new Star Trek looks like and what the 2400s now looks like. And it's okay to move on. We can rewatch TNG. But I, I get that this is the last chance to do it as well. So I'm really, really conflicted, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of erasure going on of previous seasons there's fun ways to send that too like trying to make us forget about something that we can't forget about yeah and i get it i love it there's nothing more that i want to see than more tng episodes but we are now 25 years removed let's do something new but yeah no i i I still love the nostalgia do you have anything else nothing major i mean there's always little silly things that we can pop pop in on here and there i mean maybe (laughs) maybe i would do the uh woman discovers that they're having a birth cliche like leave it up to the woman to figure out that there's womanly things there's there's miracle of birth happening right now um maybe i would possibly do that but at the same time they gave her like you said that nice scientific scene so it's hard it's hard to send something i'm enjoying but it's it is and it is honestly my last thought is that it's just a great freaking show i love it With that, let's head over to the ready room for some final predictions. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our predictions for the rest of the season and bask in our Q-like glory if anything we've predicted has previously come true. We're still not sure if Jack is Borg, right? About like- much or anything. So I have a prediction about this. I actually think he's a human-changeling hybrid. So I think this is going to be part of the diseased great link where they're still trying to find a cure and as always that cure is in the indomitableness of the human genome so i wonder if unbeknownst to beverly there it, or maybe she does know maybe she does know that there's a cure for the great link and she test tube babied jack as well and meddled with him this is why they were on the run maybe jack is a miracle cure that she's hiding 
for the changelings and that's why the changelings want i don't understand how any of that works if she didn't test tube them picard and her oh in the in what i mean is in the womb in utero mm, that like she, she did experiment yeah kay. used herself as a test tube wow yeah huh? it's a big one it's a big one wow uh okay um sure right hmm yeah, I don't know how to feel about that, but you know what? It's your prediction. It's your prediction. I was thinking nanobites because Picard is part Borg, and it would have been in him That's somehow. Possible. So it's kind I mean, of. I mean, and the, who knows? There is that like tapping into the collective thing as well. I mean, the Great Link is very similar to the Borg Collective in that they are all connected, can hear each other's thoughts and whatnot, and they can interface with each other. So it could be again right for the wrong reasons or wrong for the right reasons. What if, like, I mean, if it is about this thing. You know, if they're if they're kind of not nodding to the Captain Cigar, what's her name? Vatic, being like some kind of a high a host body. Maybe Jack is an accidental host body in some way, and he's just trying to fight it off. Maybe it's trying to take over or something. But they're doing something there, something very stranger things. They've Something's got like the like they got like, they've got the like I don't even a veiny sort of red apocalyptic male and female voices it's all sort of like and door opening continues to be visually what's going on there so who knows who knows it's interesting i do love it there's just not enough to put the mystery together just yet and i think that's deliberate mm -hmm. um i think they go back to starfleet they get told off and then wolf asks for help and they end up teaming up with wolf who has more information on this mystery or yeah they're gonna leave the titan, titan gets uh, no, I kind of hope we stay with them. I think the Titan might get sent to assist Worf because Worf might report in and say, it's changelings, everybody. And then Picard like, oh, and the, the Titan Titans are like, just had a changeling oh, situation. Changelings thing. Yep, you guys team up and go and deal with you it. You guys work together. Yeah. Don't don't come in and have some counseling about your trauma. You know? Nope. Just nope, nope, nope. go continue go to back deal out with there. it. But I do love the idea that we're out of the nebula and we're actually, like we said at the beginning of the episode, we have some momentum um, for next week to see what is happening next. Where are we going? There's a nice little bookend at the end of this episode. Did we ever decide what weapon they t or they're going to take from, like, what the actual <laughs> real weapon was? Did we talk about that? From the Daystrom Institute? What's so funny? Law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. We're Moriarty. We say this every week. Oh. <gasps> It's it's that one guy that we always forget about. What? Who? What the sword? His name? Wolf? Nope. He's a kid. Sword Alexander. Sword. What? What are we talking he's like, he's about? Like a, he's like a, like a murder kid. He's like a monk. Oh, a monk Eleanor. Kid. Eleanor, yes. Eleanor. They, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Eleanor is going to be not in this season, to be honest, unless he's in the last episode. Poor Eleanor. My goodness. <laughs> um, incredible. Incredible. Um. That's really my big prediction for the season now. I don't know where they're going to go next. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Jack clearly isn't finished. Isn't isn't done. Mm -mm. He has a mystery. Nope. He's got the the upside down world to to deal with, which means seven of nine is actually eleven. Could be a bulk thing. It could be a bulk thing. It seven could, of nine is eleven. Amazing. It, it could be. It could be. Like we don't well, know. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we will be live next week, Friday at 12.30-ish Central Time. Uh, come and join the discussion on Twitter, if Twitter is your thing, at CaptainSpotCS, or send us an email, CaptainSpot at CinemaSins.com, and we will answer questions and such. 
Um, but until next week, I'm going to go and check on my pot to see if it has any residue in it. And uh, I'm going to say let's get away from uh, our new friends, the space babies. Yeah. And live long in Potspur. Potspur. Live long in Potspur. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Have I had time to pee? No. Am I hungry? Yes. Am I thirsty? Definitely thirsty. Am I Am I also hungry? Yes. Do I have time to do it? No, I don't have time. I've just gone from meeting to meeting to into the thinging, and now I'm doing, and oh, and of course, Captain Whittington is messaging me, what the fuck are you, Danae? I'm on my way! It's a busy! Fridays are insane! <laughs> Fridays are insane, and I love it! <laughs> What's wrong with me? Oh, look, there he is. He doesn't, he doesn't see him here. Now he sees him here. There he is! Hi, Hi. I've been here the whole time! No, you have not. Ambassador, you have a punishment. You must, um... <laughs> Listen to all of Worf's Klingon opera, but in reverse. Isn't isn't that just what it is? All going to be played is, backwards. Isn't that just what it is, though? It's just backwards? What, a standard? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then the backwards of that. <laughs> okay. So forwards. Cool, cool. Cool. I like the butterfly in your hair. That's so pretty. I found this massive clip at the store and I couldn't resist. So I got it. I mean, this is this it's is really pretty. It's obnoxiously That's huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Look how That's a great description and, for it. And so I, I got it and I knew the second that I got it that it was gonna become an issue with <laughs> headphones, life, Iris. living, the car. No. She saw oh, it and she was no. like, I want that. That's mine. And so this morning we had a huge situation over this yeah she started crying tears i think they were actually genuine because it's so big and so it's a pretty shiny thing iridescent and she's like but i don't want it for my hair i want it as a toy (laughs) so like oh Mm -hmm. my gosh well i got this for myself but i'll share it with you no i want my own okay well you're gonna need to save up some money and a whole four i'm gonna go back and get another one i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna go back today (laughs) i'm gonna get another one she's gonna have her own hair clip I have, a, I have a little story. <clears throat> you might notice there's a gap missing on my shelf. Wait, 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 wait oh, the, there. Oh, no, it's there. not. But it's not just any shelf. It's your ship shelf. It's my Hold ship on. shelf. Ow. The question is, did the person responsible for knocking the ship over, did they act like, did they act as a human should have acted? Okay, I know you live alone. Yes. So the person responsible for knocking it over, unless there was someone in your office professionally like mm-hmm. a plumber mm-hmm. did the plumber knock it over uh-huh did they offer to replace it didn't even acknowledge it happened <laughs> <laughs> this happened on um when did it happen when were they here this happened days Monday? ago and you haven't looked yet i haven't looked oh, it's no. it's schrodinger's schrodinger's starship if it's if i don't look it's not broken which one Nothing was I can it? Do about it now it's so. Well, let's roll back. Roll back to the beginning of the story. I haven't had any heating for a little while because they can't figure out why my boiler isn't working. And each plumber that's come around has been like, where's the flume for it? And that's the bit that kind of vents all of the hot air outside. And annoyingly, it's not in my garden. It's in my neighbor's garden because this house was built like 120 years ago. And then they split it in half, but they didn't split the garden where the fucking house was split in half. So part of my house is actually in their garden. <laughs> part of my external wall. So 
Anyway, they can't get to the flume, so the only way you can see it is out that window, which happens to be right next to my ships. So we open up the window, and it's partly my fault because the windowsill is a bit messy, so he has to kind of lean and just elbows the ship and knocks it off and doesn't say a word. And then I don't acknowledge it. He doesn't acknowledge it. He just looks looks for the flume and then says, yep, okay, that's fine, and then just leaves my office. And I'm like, I'm just going to shut the door. <laughs> Have you not been in your office for days? Like, where is it? No, I, I have. It's in. It's down there in the corner. Should we? Should we do it now? Or should we no, do it with the audience? No, 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 no. No, we're not doing that before a show. I don't want it to ruin your mood. Yeah, do it right now. Do it. Do it. We've got to find do, out. Do like now, that we're talking about it. You know, the audience at home is going to be like, "No, I need to know." We, they need to know if it's broken or not. And and it's to answer your earlier question, it's the equinox, which is really interesting considering. It's probably had the roughest time of any ship, like in the world. So, in the, well, in the, in Star, in the Star Trek world, the Equinox gets chucked into the Delta Quadrant um, earlier than Voyager got sent to the Delta Quadrant. But the Equinox is just a little science vessel, and it just it isn't equipped to deal with anything in the same way the Voyager is. So they get like beaten the fuck up. They lose half of their crew in the first week. Um, they have like a huge amount of casualties and then when Voyager finds them, they've started melting aliens to feed their warp core. Um, I'm sorry. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of learning as the show goes on <laughs> to just accept it and just move yeah. on. Yeah, they, there's these special aliens that they managed to trap and then it's super... It's like NOS for their warp drive and then Janeway gets a bit pissy, but it's one of my favorite ships. It's so so pretty. Like I, just, I love the design of the Nova class. Just adore it. So yeah, I guess we'll find out if that's broken or not. You're really gonna look now. Oh, do do we do it now with the? Do we do it now with the audience? I think you do it audience? now, right? No, okay. no, okay. the live audience would love. Okay, no, we're doing it now. We're doing it now. <gasps> with, the, with the with the live audience, you glanced. I can't see it yet. Okay. Well, should we see if they notice that there's a ship missing? Yeah. They should notice. Yeah. Let's see if they notice. Let's see if they notice. Okay. And if not, we will still reveal it. So by the end of the outtakes, you will know if the Equinox is broken or not. So, ha, stay tuned. How are you, Ambassador? That was my week. Well, I've just avoided a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a really interesting insight into your, like, psych like the psychology of Ian. Um, Because, so, here's my logic. Equinox are out of business. I can't replace it. You can't replace your ship. Not yet. I mean, there is a company that is going to take over distributing the models and maybe making them, but there's no guarantee I'll ever be able to replace the Nova. It wasn't a huge hit, I don't think. It's one of the lesser known ships. It's not a hero ship. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm really nervous for you. Ah, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? One way or another. Yeah. I don't think I changed the star date last week. Star date boop bop beep bop boop boop bop boop beep bop beep bop boop. Star date boop bop beep. Either that or I gave the wrong one. Star date boop beep. Somebody should call you out on that. Oh, as if anyone's keeping track. Star date boop bop beep bop beep bop boop. Somebody could. Somebody could. I know there is one. If anyone's, I know a lot of new people have joined us for season three of Picard. If you go through the back catalogue of the episodes, there are at least two where I know I fucked it up, and I'm just like, don't call me out. Don't call me out. Don't call me out. Oh, I got emails about it. You got emails? Why did they email me? Because I'm the ambassador. Ah, asshole. Yeah, they didn't. It's, like going, it's not even going to my superior that's going to someone that doesn't even work in the same company as me. I bet you could burp right now. 
I can't. I can't burp on commands. Can you not? Oh. No. Can you burp on commands? Danae, you just asked the person <laughs> who <laughs> medically can't burp so if they sorry. can burp on command. I'm so Dick so- move. I'm so sorry. I didn't. Dick move. Shit. God. <laughs> Fans of behind the scenes <laughs> will will understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you fall away into the background. Oh God! Wow. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. This is very personal. Wow. I'm so sorry. God damn it! Multiple podcasts. This has been mentioned. For those that do not know, oh, fuck. Aaron, uh, Danae's best friend, Aaron, wondered why I never burped in front of him, and he thought it was a politeness thing because I'm English. And he said, "I said no, it's not. I've never been able to burp. Some people just can't burp." And he was like, "No, it's not." everyone burps it's not just a some people thing and this led him down a rabbit hole because he he likes to research things and it seems like i have a condition where a muscle has not developed enough and it prevents me from forcing out air in a way that creates burp which creates very painful um inside things and throat things and chronic hiccups i'm so so sorry i did not mean to be insensitive i am sorry i'm a bad friend i apologize get off my shit oh no man i feel like shit i'm sorry oh my god we have so many fucking comments to look at i'm so excited but i i have one that i want to do right away how many buckets could be backlit if a bucket Nope. Backlit bucket could be backlit. As many backlit buckets as a bucket could be backlit. If a backlit bucket could be nice. backlit. How many buckets could be backlit if a backlit bucket could be backlit? As many backlit buckets as a bucket could be backlit. You just <laughs> dick. <laughs> oh, JCD, what's happened? Meanwhile, I'm laid up like Shaw today. Pulled the hell out of my back and slipping and falling out. Oh, I'm so sorry. I should not be laughing. You shouldn't be he laughing. He fell down on the ice. That's not something that you're supposed to laugh at, dude fucking funny it's not fucking funny <laughs> sorry at some point my charm was substituted for being an asshole this was brought up by rando dave and then i forgot to put it in my <laughs> notes for the uh for the sins of the show but i had it written down and deleted on accident so thank you rando dave for saying this hair loss is passed by the mother's genes anyway right i thought about that when Good i was point. watching i was like why is he worried about his dad's male uh, his baldness because yeah. and also it's the future you have bald hair because you want it right yeah come on could just be a choice. He could get it replaced if he wanted to. That was actually one of the reasons that um, Gene Roddenberry was reluctant to cast Picard. And originally, Picard, they put a wig on him for one of his screen tests. Um, because Gene Roddenberry thought it was unbelievable to have bald people in the future. Here are some notes from Slab. One, Shaw's healed. Why is Riker in command? Because he's not healed. Slab, come on. He's fucking limping around the ship. And you just, you just answered your own question. He's drugged. He is high on painkillers. He can't but be in But he is on uh, his drug. They don't have uh, non-narcotic treatments for the pain in the future. That's, his, that's I think the definition of getting rid of pain is a narcotic. <laughs> Here's a question from Link. Do any other Borgs get names? Uh, the only ones that we know of are the Hugh collective Borgs. Um, when Hugh disappeared and rejoined the ship and then Law found the ship, he started naming Borgs. So we had Trosus and... Um, Croesus and like some other Latin names. Um, they're the only ones that we know of. Let's see. This one is a theory from Rando. My theory is that the babies were born as a result of those space jellyfish that Picard rescued in Farpoint, and so it was all Picard's fault anyway. Exactly. This is all the nebula is his fault. Everything is Picard's fault. Number six from Slab was, oh yeah, six. Did Shaw come into the holodeck from another entrance? This was a great <laughs> question. 
Um, no, he was lurking. He was he, already in there. He like lurking snuck in, the corner. in somehow. No, because yeah. Picard they activated it. They activated it, which looked cool, by the way. I forgot to mention that. I thought that looked really cool. Like we were inside the holodeck, and then they opened the doors, and it was like, yeah. So I guess it was activated already, wasn't it? I don't know. Good point. Nick says, I thought the substitute the substitute for charm was the heartbreaking moment where you realize that Shaw's survivor's yes. guilt rivals his own hatred for the Borg. Yeah. And he knows he's broken. He knows he's out of line and he's kind of out of control. He it was really, right that now. was really hard. Yeah. Ugh, I like Shaw. The cursing, on the on the topic of cursing, Nick says, I think people have a problem with it because Star Trek Four Wales, made it canon that they don't curse anymore in the future. Kirk had to explain it to Spock and they were all bad at it. Um, I think it was that they curse less. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky one to argue either way, but I think they curse less in the future. And when they went, it's more of a nod that in LA in the 1980s, there was a lot of cursing. I think it's all around them. But I'm doing a lot of work for the show. Oh, <laughs> well done, Josh. There seems to be a huge space on the third shelf behind Ian. What might go there, I wonder? Now, Josh, well done. When you get to the outtakes of the show for the week, we made an agreement that we would not address said gap unless the chat mentioned it. Um, so, hey, now we're going to address it. Um, so, really brief explanation is that I had a plumber visit the other day. And long story short, they had to look out that window. There's a window. There's <laughs> a window over there. <laughs> and to, to check a pipe or something, like an exhaust thing. And he knocked over my ship um the the funny part is that he didn't acknowledge it he knocked over my ship and he didn't acknowledge that anything had happened at all like clang 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 and nothing so i haven't looked <laughs> we decided that we would wait until the live show and if anybody notices it live in front of everybody i will find the ship and the stand and see if it's broken so you can watch live to see my reaction to my little ship getting broken. The stand is in two pieces, but that's okay. It's meant to be. It seems to be seems to be alright. Stand is okay. These are the hardest things to find. Nice. Now, the ship. Okay. I think it's okay. <gasps> Success! Yay! I have been I waiting okay. for this since we started the show like an hour and a half ago. Fuck yeah. I've been I so mean, worried. It's okay. I think it's I think it survived. It's a tough little ship. One of my criticisms of this model... That's fun. ...is probably the reason that it survived. So, this is this is good. The, the, the front of the ship is, like, solid. However, the nacelles are, like, this bendy... Oh, bendy it's plastic. bendy. So, I was really annoyed when I got this model, because I was like, that's... The Enterprise D is, like, solid, and my other ships are solid. But this one, um, it's, it's less so, and I think that's why it survived. Pancakes, that's what it's gonna take, bacon pancakes.